listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. Good evening. How are you guys doing? That good? It's been that good. Oh, we want to get right into the night. We know that Jesus has a lot for us tonight. We want to thank you for joining us for Friends of the Bridegroom. If you have space next to you, if you can kind of squeeze in, it would be amazing. We still have people kind of sitting along the walls and all that. Um, Just one quick announcement. Tomorrow night, we're going to be opening again one hour before service starts, 5 p.m. I believe Saturday and Sunday are going to be more full even than tonight. So if you want to get a seat, we encourage you to get here early again. Just because you registered does not guarantee you a seat. So we're giving out wristbands and we're trying our best to accommodate. We're just going to pack in and see where the Lord takes us. Amen. Amen. So we want to thank you guys. I know we have amazing friends from all over the Tampa Bay region here. Um, so many amazing pastors and covenant friends that are with us. So we just honor you. Thank you for coming and spending time with us. We believe that more than anything, Jesus is depositing something into us regionally. How many of you believe that? It's not just for like a select, like regionally, he's speaking to us and he is depositing something into us. So we're just thankful and honored that you would come and worship with us. Um, Every night of conference, we're going to be taking up an offering. Um, As as a house, Abide, we we cover all of the expenses and we just felt like the Lord said, don't charge anything for conferences. So we never have and we probably never will. But it's our gift to the region, but we always want to make space to bless um, the minister of the night. So tonight, um, as we take up the offering, we want to make it clear that everything that is given tonight is going to go directly to Billy. And um, he's been such a dear friend. I'll share more about him in a moment. But as we collect the offering, we just want to invite you to partner with us. There should be a slide coming up here in Jesus' name. Oh, look at that. My man. Um, Here are the multiple ways that you can give. And again, um, none of this is going to go to conference expense. This specifically goes to blessing the speaker tonight. And every single night we're going to be doing that. We just want to sow into the people that God has sent. We didn't, this is not just an invitation. They've been sent to us to give us the word. So we want to partner with God in heaven to sow into him. Amen. So we're going to do that real quick. Let's just take your seed, your phone, whatever. Let's just pray. Jesus, we thank you for um, the opportunity to gather regionally here to receive and to partner with you, Father. We ask tonight that as we sow into to Billy and all that they're doing in Atlanta and pioneering, that you would stretch it, multiply it um, a hundredfold as they continue to pioneer um, just a small part of what we're in. So we thank you for all that you're doing. We ask that you speak to us tonight, that you minister to our hearts deeply, and God, that you do something more than just coming and having a good service. But would you mark us and transform us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody said amen. Amen. They should be passing around buckets. You can give electronically, all that. So I want to get right into tonight because I believe the Lord has a lot. Um, When we were praying about um, the theme for the conference and what we were going to call it, we felt like God told us that the weekend was to be called Friends of the Bridegroom and that it was a significant weekend of God reinstating first love, first commandment. And um, many of you don't know our, our history, but we transitioned from being a church to a prayer room. And, and when that happened for us was actually in um, Fredericksburg, Virginia, under a tent, as Misty Edwards spoke at an Awaken the Dawn gathering, and Billy Humphreys, and I spent like four hours crying, and I didn't know why. But I remember texting my wife saying, I feel like we found our people. 
And so some years later, I would have gone to Atlanta to go visit the house of prayer because we felt like they were the closest thing to what we, were, we felt God was speaking to us. And as I was there on that weekend was actually when I got the call that began the, the, the process of us merging and becoming a part of this church and this property. So all throughout the journey, Gate City, Billy, and that community has been a part of, that, of our history. And so I just want to say publicly, I don't believe that we would be in the prayer movement like we are today without what you championed that day, the Psalm 127. And so tonight you're going to hear from what I believe is one of the fathers in the prayer movement and God continuing to give him voice and champion forward what God is doing in the end times. So can we just stand to our feet and honor Billy as he comes? Thank you. Please be seated. Well, it is, it's absolutely precious to be here. Uh, the worship tonight was lit. <laughs> it was awesome. And um, there's a lot of hunger in this room. I don't think you came to just hang out. I think you came because you wanted an encounter with the Lord. And so I do too. Um, I don't imagine that I bring anything special except for a heart that's absolutely broken and ripped open and desirous of Jesus. And so I believe that if we all approach him with that same kind of desire, we come to unity of the spirit. And when we come to a unity of the spirit, God does dramatic things. Amen. And so I feel like that can happen even tonight. And so uh, what an honor, man. I love this place. I love the spirit of this place. I love Geo and Destiny and the team. I'm just a great, great house. And I love that his house, a house built for him. That's beautiful. I think we might steal that one. <laughs> it's precious. Well, I'm, I'm, my heart's trembling. I have several things on my mind I want to share tonight. Um, Let's pray. Let's get into it, okay? So, Lord, we love you, Jesus. We love you. We're here for you, you and you alone. <sighs> you really are the only one that matters, Lord. And so in this room, I ask, Holy Spirit, you would take authority over this place, that you would have our hearts, that you would bring us into a divine attentiveness by the Spirit of God. I pray Every other voice would be silenced and the Holy Spirit would thunder within us and echo truth from the throne. And Lord, I pray that tonight that you would have your way in our hearts and that you would dismantle and overturn and you would root and build up, that you would release something from heaven that would strike the hearts of these people, but this region, that something would shift in the very atmosphere over the entire Tampa region, that something would be birthed even this weekend, that we would be able to look back and say that was a shift, that was a change, that was a demarcation in the spirit, that something changed. We've had enough human meetings, but we want a heavenly encounter tonight, God. just walk through the room, Jesus. Just walk through the room. 
You can do more in three seconds than human hands can do in 30 years. And I want to tell you, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. Your face is beautiful. Your eyes are fire. Your head is white as snow, white as wool. Your face is like the sun shining in its strength. Your voice is like the sound of many waters. And from your mouth comes a two-edged sword. You're girded around the waist with a golden band and your feet are like burnished bronze glowing in the furnace you are the first and the last the beginning and the end the alpha and the omega you have the keys of death hell and the grave there's not another one like you there's never been one like you there's not one before you there'll never be another one after you you are everything you are all you are only you are all wonder all glory all might all beauty you're the object of our desire you're the fulfillment of all of our dreams and in you all of our dreams come true Desire of the nations. The definition of beauty. Walk through the room, Jesus. Man, if you're hungry for the Lord, just put your hand on your heart tonight. God, we really don't need another meeting. We need an encounter. I pray, touch every heart tonight. Make us your target tonight. Spirit of the living God. How? How? Just if you speak in tongues, just pray in the spirit right now. If you haven't ever been baptized in the Holy Spirit, try opening your mouth, see what comes out. Oh. Open the heavens. Open the heavens. Rain down your glory. Release angels in this room, God. I'm asking for a dimension of heaven to impose itself upon us in this place, oh God. Rend the heavens and come down. Who is this King of Glory? The Lord strong and mighty. Who is this King of Glory? The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your hands, O you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors. And the King of Glory shall come in. Whoo!
Rekara Maseria Mama Manate. Shera Maramanda Rekete Shebramoto Sebreba Bakate. I just kept hearing the Lord during worship saying he was releasing a judgment against the professional spirit. You heard the same thing? You know, when you're, when you're a professional, you can, you can go through the motions, you can stand in front of the crowds, you can, you can do everything that they expect of you, and you can do the whole thing with a dry eye. And it's smooth as silk, but it never touches the heart. And I'm telling you, God is wanting to break you out of a professional Christian spirit. He wants to break you out of that, especially if you're a pastor or a leader in here. There's something better. There's something more than following the run of service. It's obedience to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. There's something better than having a smooth service that runs right on the money where everything's perfect, nice and clean and tidy. There's something better than that, and it's when Jesus Christ walks in the room. It's when Jesus walks in the midst of the lampstands, when he releases judgments against injustice in your midst, when depression begins to fl just fly off of people because glory is hitting the house. You can't get that with three fast and three slow in a 45-minute sermon so we're all out by noon and we're there for the buffet before the Baptist. You can't get it that way. You've got to have a heart that's hungry for God. And I feel like there's a judgment against the professional spirit even in the region. I want to pray into that right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you, walk through the church in this region. Dismantle every professional mentality, God. Every slick, suited, professional minister, I ask, break in in the name of Jesus. Break into the pulpits. Break into the pews. Break into this region. How? How? Where we're learning how to do church, I pray, flip that over and let us learn how to host your presence, God. Let us learn how to host the Holy Spirit, God. I'm asking you. For your church, God. <laughs> We've had enough of the show. We've had enough of going through the motions. <laughs> we need you. We need God. Oh, God. Oh, God. 
I pray for every denomination, Baptist, Methodist, Assemblies, Church of God, Lutheran, every Pentecostal, United Pentecostal, every house in this region that calls itself by the name of Jesus, Catholic, Episcopalian God, every house in this region, every denomination, every congregation, and I ask you, Jesus Christ, repossess your church. Repossess your church. Every congregation, all denominations, young and old, every culture, repossess your church. Would you just lift your hands to him? Just, just, he's, he's riding in right on that right there. We worship you, King of Kings. We worship you, Lord of Lords. We worship you. You are beautiful. You are beautiful. There's no one like you. It's all for you. The beginning and the end, the alpha, the omega, the first and the last. You're the reason. You are all. You are every. You are only. Is he your all? Is he your every? Is he your only? Deep. Deep cries unto deep. All your waves and your billows have gone over me. Deep cries unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. Some of you haven't understood the last season of suffering that you went through. You thought it was for your demise, but God says it's for your destiny. You went through a season of suffering. It was no fault of your own. You went through a trial and a fiery furnace, and it was no fault of your own. And you couldn't understand, what is this thing that's happening to me? I've said, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And you took the steps that, you told, that he felt like you told, that he told you to take. And you found yourself a laughing stock, and you found yourself cast out, and you found yourself at the end of someone else's rod. And you couldn't understand what was the season of suffering for? What did you do wrong? And where did you misstep? And he says, oh, my beloved, if you'd only known that friendship and fellowship with me is in suffering. If that's a word for you, just stand. Just stand. 
There's light coming to you now. Just lift your hands. There's light coming to you now. The cold, hard, dark night of the soul is over now. How? The dark night of the soul is over now. That season of suffering wasn't for your demise. It was for your destiny. It wasn't for your breaking. It was for your making. Every suffering, it comes to a place of the emptying of self and the entering of Christ. It's something the mystics knew, and it's something we're going to find out in this generation. He's invited us into the garden with him to share his heart, to experience his pains, unto even a time where we may be crucified. But I tell you, beloved, there is resurrection coming to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I lift depression off your mind. I lift, the, I lift that hopeless desperation off of you now. Now, 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 now. Hey, the cold, hard, dark night of the soul is over now. Oh, and I tell you, beloved, we will be a bride that suffers and sings and sings and suffers and suffers and sings, and we will dance with him. Even to the dirge at times, we will dance and we will sing and we will go through suffering and it won't stick to us because we're his and we're not our own. We've been bought with a price. And he is the destination. Listen, listen, he is the destination. He is the destination. Here's our problem. It's the gap between our expectation and our experience. I expected this God, but I got this God. And it's in that gap. That's where complaint and offense arises in our soul. But he said, did you do it for your fame, for your blessing? Did you do it to get something from me? Or did you do it because of me? Because you wanted me. Listen, he's the destination, guys. He's the destination. Don't get it twisted. He's the reason. Right now, just surrender your expectation to him. That's right. How? Surrender your expectation to him. Surrender your expectation to him. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Holy Spirit will pop stuff out of people. It's great. We love that.
Yeah. All eyes on Jesus, guys. We got to get used to it. When light comes, darkness flees. We got to get used to it, guys. We actually believe this stuff. We should see more of it. Lord, thank you for deliverance and healing for our dear, dear sister. We love her. We bless her. We thank you. We bless her soul right now. Thank you, Lord. The distance between your expectation and your experience is where complaint and offense roots. Some of you have been wrestling with offense at God because it didn't look like what you expected. Reset your expectation on him. He's the destination. Just tell him that. Say, Jesus, you're my destination. You're my destination. See? When he's the destination, it doesn't matter what happens on the way. We, ple- we preach too much blessing without any suffering. We preach discipleship without accountability. We preach glory without any crucifixions. And it's left us wondering when it got hard, why is it hard? And Jesus literally said, in this life you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer because I've overcome it. Because the, the point isn't what we get out of him. The point is him. We get to be with him. That's the point. That's always been, that's always been the point. That we get to be with him. Mm. <laughs>
Sharabakate. It's okay. Let's just let's just let the Lord do whatever he's doing. It's okay, let's just let him come, okay? You can sit there and quiet. You can sit there with your eyes open, closed, whatever. Just don't throw the brakes on. Just let the Holy Spirit do whatever he wants to do right now. Worship you.
we're clearly not being professional. That's the Holy Ghost. Shera baba bakate. Shora baba bakate. You weren't going to do anything else tonight. Might as well just hang in here for a few more minutes. Shorababakatete. <sighs> Yeah, this girl in the hoodie, the Lord's resting on you. Are you a singer? Do you sing? Do you sing? He says yes, you say no. The answer is yes. Okay. Would you? <laughs> oh! Spirit of prophecy, fall on that one. Raise your hands, young lady. 
Raise your hands. How? Oh! The fire of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of prophecy, fall on her. Let her sing the song of the Lord. How? Oh! How? Oh! Sherabah. Sherabah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Shorababate. Okay. Gosh. <laughs> What's your name? What's her name? Tanya? Talia. Father, touch Talia in the name of Jesus. I thank you. Even tonight, let her never be the same. Even tonight, you're stopping the room for her, even right now. That even from the time she was a little girl, you had marked her. You called her, even from her mom's womb. And I thank you that the word of the Lord is in her mouth. Now, Lord, let it be like a fire shut up in her bones, that she would be faint from holding it back. Oh, I'm asking you, God. For Talia, everything you've dreamed of for her, that you'd bring her into her destiny and every boundary and barrier and roadblock the enemy has tried to put in her way. We cancel it in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I thank you, God, that she's going to soar like an eagle. He's renewing you like an eagle. But I think you like butterflies. And I see you floating like a butterfly, flying away, flying on the wind of the Spirit. God, use her, I ask. Let her sing the song of the Lord. <clears throat> I had a really nice message prepared. It was going to be really professional. I was a youth pastor for 13 years um, in Atlanta. And um, in my youth group, we hosted a move of the Spirit of God. We hosted a a break-in of revival. It was during the time of Brownsville. How many ever went to the Brownsville revival? Let me just see. Just a handful of hands. That's so fun. Well, you guys, guys, you guys know. <laughs> just bear with me. You know that when you went to Brownsville, if you got on the campus, 
you felt the electricity of the Holy Spirit. And for those of you that don't know, Brownsville, that's in Pensacola, outside Pensacola, Florida, they hosted the, the largest revival that America has seen in the last century from 1995 to 2000 about. <clears throat> they had millions of visitors from all over the world come to that little church, that little Brownsville assembly. And, and they literally had millions of people make decisions for Jesus in their altars. It was the most fantastic, phenomenal experience to go there and you just recognize there was an open heaven over the place and get this. So you'd show up at 6 a.m. to get into a meeting that the doors opened at 6 p.m. And there'd be 1,500 to 2,000 people waiting in line to get inside. <laughs> it's just the wildest thing. And the glory of God was all over the place. It was all over the campus. It didn't matter where you went. I remember one time I was trying to go to the bathroom and they had one of the buildings that was open and that you'd go down a hallway and then there's this, you know, restroom. But we, as you're trying to get down the hallway, people are laid out all in the hallway trying to get to the bathroom. And then when you step over all the bodies and you actually get to the bathroom, there's a mangled mess of about 50 people in a pile in the bathroom. It's like, okay, out of order. You know, you got to find somewhere else to go because there would be these inbreakings of God that would happen all over the campus. And it would be like that all day. <clears throat> and then you would go into the service and, um, you know, the atmosphere was so charged. It was so animate with the glory of God. And I just remember uh, as soon as they would just sort of play one chord, it, it was like the whole thing lit, the whole atmosphere lit. And, um, you know, thousands of people were there every night and, and hundreds and hundreds of people would get saved every single night. And if you've never seen anybody run to an altar to get saved, I mean, that was the normal thing every night. People, I mean, and it was prostitutes, it was drug dealers, it was drug addicts, it was people, you know, broken lives, running, sprinting down to give their life to Jesus. It was the most phenomenal move of the Spirit of God. I mean, I studied revivals over the centuries, and this one is just, I got to see it with my own eyes, and I got to preach there a few times. It was absolutely fantastic to be in a place with the presence of God like that. Well, it marked me deeply. And uh, in my own youth ministry, something broke out for about six months, very similar spirit. The Lord would, he would transfer that anointing that was breaking out in Brownsville and it was hitting all over the nation and a bunch of different places, little pockets and big pockets. And uh, something broke out even in my own youth group where we had meetings four nights a week for teenagers. We saw 600 teenagers get born again in six months. We didn't even count the rededications. And there was glory in the place, man. Like people would walk through. I remember we had the ushers, they would come in and they would count the crowd or whatever. And I remember this one night, this is just an out, it's one of the outstanding miracles for me because it was just so, no human was involved. But I remember the usher came in, him and his wife came in to count, they count the crowd and they leave. <clears throat> we had two different buildings, kind of like here, they've got a building in the parking lot and then a building. And, um, and as they were walking back across the parking lot, she had lifelong eczema that covered her whole arm. And she looked down and she had brand new skin. <laughs> Just from walking in and walking out. I mean, we saw miracles like that 
nightly. It was so precious. And there'd be so many times where the power of God would roll in and there would be hundreds of kids laid out all over the place. I remember parents being so mad at me because their kids couldn't walk to the car and our ushers would have to pick them up and put them in. I remember this one time, this, this, uh, dad he was unsaved and his kid was like a new visitor and his kid gets blown up can't walk my ushers stuff him in the back seat like good night and he's like what the heck is this <laughs> and he came in he was like threatening me what'd you do to my son i was like well i don't know like, I don't know who your son is. He goes, you know, it's his name. And I go, well, let's go see him. And I go out to the car and he's like laid in the back seat and he can't, he's not talking. Like he can't function. And I go, Hey man. Hey, Hey bud. Hey, can you hear me? He's like, uh, you know, and I go, you all right? He's like, eh. and he's like not saying anything. He's not moving. His eyes aren't open. And I, <laughs> I, he goes, what'd you do to him? I go, well, I didn't do anything. But I said, have you ever, you ever, you ever caught a live wire and it shocked you? And he said, well, yeah. And I go, I, I go if you hit a, a wire in the, in the wall, that's like 220. I go, if that thing hits you, like, that's a, like that, that'll send a jolt through you, won't it? He said, yeah. I said, well, your son got hit by God. I said, he's gonna, he'll be able to talk in a little while, but he's currently incapacitated. And the guy, I swear, the guy went from so mad at me, in one second he goes, I can see that. <laughs> that dude got saved and became my head usher. He became the guy that was stuffing kids in the other parents' cars. That's amazing. It's so, so cool how God does these things. We had six months of visitation, and I would go home after a three- or four-hour meeting, hundreds of young people, and I'd go home at like 11.30 or 12, and, you know, I'd get something to eat and go try to go to bed, and it'd be 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. I'd be shaking in my bed. Couldn't sleep. It was like I was getting hit with waves and waves of electric, electricity. And it ruined me because I couldn't go back to church. I couldn't go back to three fast and three slow in a 45-minute sermon and get us out on time to beat the Baptist at the buffet. It messed me up so bad. And I remember there, that season came to an end, and I was, I was in like... I didn't go see a doctor, but I was probably clinically depressed. And I would come into my office and I would look at my assistant and I'd say, hey, what meetings do I have today? And she'd go, well, you got this one and this one. You got a three o'clock. I go, could you just cancel all of them? Just cancel all of them. I'm just going to go lay in the prayer room. And I would just go lay in this little makeshift prayer room. We had bought a bunch of couches from yard sales. And I'd just go lay in there and I'd cry. Because what I had touched in God was like the very thing my soul was aching for. <laughs> and now it had sort of lifted. And I was like, don't leave me. Don't leave me. And 
I mean, it was, it was months I was like that. And what's wild is that God would still do phenomenal things. Like we, we got bonafide miracles still, even after the phenomenon of revival had lifted, we had cancers. We had a bonafide cancer healed in my youth ministry. We, we had a, a diabetes, like a, a, the, the bad kind healed doctors verified healed in my youth ministry. But we did not have the phenomenon of God. There's a difference between a good meeting and when God comes. And I was just wrecked for that. And I remember a friend of mine, he said to me, it was in that season, I was just laying in that room aching. I I didn't realize later that it was prayer because I was really just laying in there and just aching. And just crying. And he said, he goes, hey, I'm going to this conference in Kansas City. And uh, it looks a little sketchy, but I know you like that kind of thing. So you want to come with me? <laughs> That's the quote. And I said, sure. And, I, and it, give me anything. And I, and I go, and it's one thing, 2002. And it's Mike Bickle, and it's Paul Kane, and it's Lou Engel. And they do five days on intimacy with Jesus. I'd never heard one series. I'd never heard more than one message on God loves you. They did five straight days of teaching on the love of God, on the bridegroom. And he never, he never cracked the book of Song of Solomon. He didn't crack that until the last day. And I remember saying out of my mouth, I think in, in my Bible, Song of Solomon was still where the pages were stuck together. Because I was in revival and repentance and intercession, and I was that guy. And uh, he goes, let's turn to Song of Solomon. And I remember saying out of my mouth, yes. And I remember as he was breaking it down, I found out two things. That even though my love was weak, God said it was real. And that even though I was weak, he loved me ever still. Those two truths. My weak love is real. And that even though I'm weak, he loved me ever still. Changed my entire life. It changed my life. Because I'd worked so hard to try to be lovable. And I didn't realize I was working my whole life to get into a room that I was already in. Called Accepted in the Beloved. And I remember going home and I was literally drunk on love. You ever been intoxicated on the love of God? I mean, we had a nice little laugh a minute ago. I'm talking about an inebriation because you're intoxicated in the sense of his emotion and the delight of God for you, where your soul is bubbling. You feel effervescent. You don't feel like your feet are touching the ground. I remember I came in and back to my church, and the first message I preached was Nazarite lovers. <laughs> and my youth group, they looked at me, they're like, what's wrong with him? <laughs> I said, let's open a song of Solomon. And I started talking about the beauty of the bridegroom, and they had no idea what the heck had happened to me. 
And I remember there was this guy in the church that he and I had some problems. He's, you know, I was frustrated with him. He was frustrated with me. It was just, you know, we weren't, we weren't uh, actively arguing, but we were ignoring each other. By the way, if, you've, if, if you're offended with somebody and you ignore them as your means of loving them, that's not loving them. <laughs> that you're not reconciled. You're just ignoring them. And it's kind of the same as the spirit of murder because you could just wish they, don't, they weren't there. It's not how we're supposed to interrelate. Anyway, just saying. But anyway, I remember I saw him and my heart exploded with affection. And I go, bro. And he literally went. I go, yes. And I went over and I kissed him. A big old sloppy kiss, sloppy wet kiss on the cheek. And he goes, what happened? I go, I found out he loves me, and he loves you too. And I'm telling you guys, if you already know the message of intimacy with the bridegroom, if you already know it, you don't know it. If you're not living in a daily intoxication and confidence in his love, you need another dip in the pool. You need another visit to the the house of wine. You need to come back under the banner. His banner over you is love. His banner over you is love. That is our air. His love is what you're made to run on. The love of God is the compelling agent to the human heart. Running on fear is no fuel for you. So many people, they're compelled by fear and they call it wisdom and it's false. It's not to say that if you're in love, you act stupid. Amen. But there's a courage and a confidence in love that you can't get through any other means. Your heart wasn't made to run on fear, anxiety, worry. And all that stuff masks itself as wisdom. But it's not what you're made for. You're made for love. You're made by love for love. That's the whole meaning of your existence. If you haven't figured it out yet, the story's a love story from Genesis to Revelation. From the garden to the garden. It's a love story. It's always been a love story. In your worst moment, it was a love story. In your deepest suffering, it was a love story. In your biggest moment of pain and failure and regret, it was a love story. I believe he's gonna deliver our whole generation from a spirit of fear. He's gonna deliver us from anxiety. He's gonna deliver us into love. We're gonna stand so confident. The world is gonna be exploding in trials and challenges. It's gonna be exploding in so many things the enemy is gonna be offering up, but the bride is going to become ready. She's gonna be a ready partner for Jesus. She's gonna be mature in love. She's gonna be white and radiant, and she's gonna be confident. And at a time when shaking is shaking the earth, and men's hearts are failing them for fear, there's going to be a people living on the planet whose hearts are stabilized in love. 
confident in Jesus, the bridegroom, confident through trial and tribulation. Beloved, your portion isn't to melt when fear and challenge and trial hits every segment of society. That's not your portion. Your portion is to stand confident in love, knowing the one who loves you and whom you love. That's your portion. It's what you're made for. It's what you're made for. It's why your heart ticks. It's why your heart beats. Because love. Love is strong as death. Jealousy more cruel than the grave. Many waters cannot quench love. Rivers cannot overwhelm it. A man could, live, could give everything he owns for love. And it would be utterly despised. Love is worth so much more. To live with the seal of love on our hearts. Our hearts sealed by love. Our arms, which is our works, sealed by love. With no other compulsion, no other strategy, no other ambition. We live by love for love, but we don't work for it. We receive it. No, if we could just find out. If you just knew how much he loves you. I love Ephesians 1. It says, according, according to the good pleasure of his will, he predestined us to adoption as sons. According to the good pleasure of his will. Everybody say, good pleasure. Good pleasure. I love that. What does that mean? That means in the eternity of God, in the eternal mind of God from eternity past, the father looked inside of himself and he asked himself, this is the way I would perceive it. Of course, it happened infinitely with God. It's no beginning and no end with him. That'll, that should cook your brain. But I just think of it this way. He asked himself, what would please me the most? And according to the good pleasure of what he wanted, the good pleasure of his will, it was in that eternal place, in perfect delight within the Godhead, where the Father, Son, and the Spirit were sharing perfection in love, in an eternal way, in a transcendent way, God fully satisfied within himself, and then asking, what would bring me greater pleasure? What would bring me more pleasure? And it's in that place, before time began, according to the good pleasure of his will, that he thought of you. He thought of me. He said, oh, I know what will make me happy. Billy. And I was actualized in his mind. And what's your name? Chris. He goes, I can't wait for that little bald-haired, bearded. <laughs> Dude, Chris is going to make me so happy. Fill your name in. 
Because in the eternal mind of God, according to the good pleasure of his will, he predestined you to adoption as sons and daughters. It was what was going to make him the most happy. It's the reason why you're breathing air. Because God wanted you. There's not an accident. There's not an accident with him. There's no mistake with him. There's no, you got to try harder to get him to love you with him. This generation has received a message that if you'll just be perfect, people will like you. We put it on fake book to make everybody like us. And God goes, I already like you. He goes, I, I already know your feed. He goes, and I know it's not these sweet pictures you're posting. Because I know the internal feed of your whole life. I know the feed that's in your mind. And I know the darkness of your heart. And I know your inability and your weakness. And he goes, like? <laughs> According to the good pleasure of his will, he actualized you. But it doesn't, start, it, it doesn't stop there. I just want you to think about this. From before time began, it says. So watch this. God creates time so he can create a universe, so he can create galaxies, a hundred billion, so he can create our galaxy with a hundred billion stars, so he can create our solar system, a hundred million of them in our galaxy, so he can create the earth so he can create air, so he can create dirt, so he can create Adam, so through a hundred generations, he can get to you. According to the good pleasure of his will. In a certain way, he made time so he could love you. I don't know what makes you tick when you get up in the morning, but that's the only thing that makes me tick. There's not a dollar amount that's better than that. There's not a position or a platform that's better than that. There's not a, there's not a human measurement that's better than that. When you have the love of God, you have the pinnacle of existence. Half our challenge is half of us don't believe we have it and the other half think we've already got it. And the truth is all of us are barely scratching the surface. I'm making any sense? But he's going to rectify that inequity. <laughs> he's going to see to it that before he returns, there's going to be a bride on the earth that knows that she is delighted in and adored by God himself. She's going to be so lit up with a passionate love for Jesus. She's going to love him like he loves her. The last prayer, John 17, Father, I desire that they whom you've given me would be with me to behold my glory. What's that? That they know my heart. They'd be with me, and they'd know my heart. And then he goes on in verse 26, and the love that's in you, Father, for me, 
put it in them. Do you think the prayer of the Son of God to have us love him back is going to go unanswered? That's literally the last prayer of Jesus. Father, I want them to love me the way you love me. Father, I love them from the beginning. Father, I'm asking, I'm asking you, Father, that they would love me back. This is our destiny. That prayer is a prophecy. This is our collision course. Abandoned in love, confident in love, reduced to love. You and me, we're going to be living, walking love. <laughs> I had this whole message about my house should be called a house of prayer, but I think the message tonight is Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. <laughs> Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. You're still his little one. Eighty years on this side, falling in love with him, and you've only ever scratched the surface. A million years deeper into the love of God, and you will have only taken one step into infinity. We want to know how high, how deep, how wide, how long is the love of God. And we imagine it's about as big as a shoebox. <laughs> how high, wide, deep, and long. It's infinite. A million years into the burning love of God on the other side without any hang-ups in your soul. A million years in, and you're, you're no further to exhausting him. You can't, you can't get any closer to the end of infinity. A million years deeper and you're no closer to running out. He's been thinking about you from forever. He didn't forget the need that you had last week. And he already knows the needs you're going to have in two months and in two years. <laughs> you got it? <laughs> Just starting to get it. Just starting to get it. How high, how wide, how deep, and how long is the love of God? height, the width, the depth, the length, to know the love of God which passes knowledge, filled with all the fullness. See, that's where the fullness of God is. 
filled with all the fullness is in the depths of his love, his affections, his delight, and his desires. And some of you guys in this room right now, you're like, okay, I get it. He loves me, but I don't really think he likes me. No, he likes you. He likes everything about you. I'll tell you a story. One time, I, I'm not a very good counselor. I mean, if the Holy Spirit's there, I'm, I'm pretty good, but <laughs> as counselors go, I'm not the best one, okay? And I remember I was in this challenging counseling meeting. This person was going through this really hard time, and <clears throat> you know, I just for a moment, I wanted to lighten the mood, so I tried to make a joke. <laughs> Things to not try to do in a counseling meeting. And it went flat, and the person was just like, oh, how could you try to, oh. And got, it, it just made it worse. And I thought, oh, God, I've just failed them. I'm so sorry, God. I'm such a terrible counselor. I don't know how to shepherd people. God, please forgive me. And I, so I leave out of that counseling meeting, and I go back to my laptop, and I check my email. And I've got an email waiting for me. It's from 20 minutes earlier when I was in the counseling meeting. And this woman who's an intercessor is in our house of prayer. She goes, I'm praying right now, and your face has come before me. She goes, and the Lord is telling me to tell you, he likes your jokes. <laughs> that was the best prophetic email I've ever received my whole life. Can you imagine? He likes me. He likes me. He likes me. He likes you too. He delights in you. That's what that means. Behold the saints on the earth, my excellent ones, in whom is all my delight. He likes you. He loves you. And the whole reason he made you is because he wants to be with you. Jesus' name is Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus, when he called his disciples, he called them to be with him. Jesus said, go and make disciples, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Ephesians 1, that you be blameless where? Before him in love. And in Revelation 21, when the whole story is wrapped up, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He's going to wipe away every tear from their eyes. The old, he says this, the old order of things has passed away. He will be their God, and they will be his children. The story is a love story, and God's desire has always been to be with you. He's not ignored you. He's not left you. He's not forgotten you. He's not looked over you. He wants you. He wants to be with you. Amen. Come on, man. Let's stand. I've had an awesome time tonight. This has been awesome. <laughs> Half drunk, not coherent, but man, the Holy Spirit was there. That was awesome. <laughs> Can we just lift our hands to him?
Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Some of you tonight, you need to step right out of a performance mentality and step right into accepted in the beloved. Some of you have been working so hard to get into a room that you're already in. You're already accepted in the beloved. So in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I come against performance mentalities. I come against all striving. I come against fighting and toiling for validity, working to try to be loved, trying to prove yourself that God should love you. I know the pain of that, the toil of that. And the harder you work, the better you feel. And then when you fail, you feel like he doesn't love you anymore. That's a religious spirit that's driving you. How? That's a religious spirit that's driving you. And it's not your portion. It's not what you're made for. He loves you because he's love. And he likes you because you're his dream. Come, Holy Spirit, right now. If you need to step out of that performance, just right now in your soul, you don't have to come down forward. Just step out of it in your soul and step into accepted in the beloved. Even put your hand on your heart, maybe say, I am accepted in the beloved. All performance mentalities, I command you to leave in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Want to know the height, the width, the depth, the length, to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge, to be filled with all the fullness of God. Let's get the worship team. The height, the width, the depth, the length to be filled with all the fullness of God. I want you to begin to draw on the love of God right now for you. Draw on the love of Jesus the bridegroom. Oh. Just set your eyes on Jesus. I know it's a little wild in here tonight, but just set your eyes on him. And I want you to think like a sponge, and you are drinking up the love of God. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The bride, a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Let his love restore your soul. Some of you have been working, working, working like the Shulamite in Song of Solomon. And you're, you're, you're burnt because the heat of the day has burned you out. And I'm telling you, he wants to run right now like a refreshing river over your soul. Ho! It's not how hard you work, it's how good he is. It's 
not how hard you try, it's how kind he is. It's not how good you are, it's how good he is. He's good and all he can do is be good. He likes you, he loves you. And you have no business hating yourself when he is in love with you. Some people think, you don't know what I've done. You don't know my failures. You don't know my weaknesses. You don't know how, how poor I am and how wretched I am. And I, I don't have to. He already knows all of you, and he loves you ever still. And your performance does not determine his affections. Yes. Your performance doesn't determine his affections. Your performance doesn't determine his affections. How high, how wide, how deep, how long is the love of God? He made you to love you. He made you to love you. Some of you have lived so long being a human doing. He wants you to be a human being, a beloved, a beloved. Just be loved. He's not looking to get more out of you. He's not telling you to do better or do more. I've never seen a fruit tree striving to produce fruit when it's connected at the root to the richness of the soil, fruit happens. God's not trying to get you to strive to be fruitful. He wants you to stay connected. That's called abiding. It's probably the theme verse of this church or something. Ephesians 3, Father, I pray, according to your riches and glory, that we would be strengthened with might by your Spirit in our inner man, that Christ would dwell in our hearts through faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, would comprehend together with all the saints the height, the width, the depth, and the length, to know the love of Christ, which passes understanding, that we would be filled with all the fullness of God. Filled with all the fullness of God. Oh! Just let him come right now. Just let him come right now. Just let him come right now. He's restoring first love, even as their brother prophesied earlier. He's restoring first love. Some of you, you've learned how to go through the motions. 
Forget the motions. Let him restore first love. Let him love you again. Let him tell you again. You delight me, my daughter, my son. You delight me, my beloved one. Let him look you right in the eye. Let him look you right in the face. He doesn't mind telling you again and again and again. I've had to ask him so many times, how do you feel about me? And he never gets tired because love is patient and he's infinitely love. So he's infinitely patient. He'll tell you a thousand times and he's just getting started. You don't bore him, you don't wear him out. You're not too weak for him. Would you just reach your hands to him again? My beloved is white and ruddy. He's the fairest of 10,000. His head and his hair are the finest gold. His hair is black and, and wavy, black as a raven. His body is inlaid. It's like ivory with inlaid sapphires. This is my beloved and this is my friend. Let him love you again. Let him love you again. And
you in this moment if the Holy Spirit's touching you and this message this is a good night to just break that thing off to be able to fully step into all the Lord wants so if that's you just make your way down we have a team that we just want to minister to you you can just come right down now there's some of you God is just touching you the Holy Spirit's pulling on you we just want to encourage you to come and let's partner with heaven and let's break this thing off maybe you just need to receive more love it's a fresh commitment it's a rededication just make your way around the altar and we're just gonna pray. Just receive the love of God. Can I get my staff to just come? Holy Spirit, we invite you to pour out your love. Holy Spirit, we ask for a divine exchange of the Holy Spirit. Father, would you mark and cement in hearts the love of God? say that he wants to heal father wounds tonight I feel like many of us in the room we can't even approach fa the father God as father because so many wounds of our natural father and I feel like many of us actually feel like God is anything but loving and tender we feel like he's a man standing with his finger pointed at us angry saying you better you better you better wants to heal that tonight if that is you come to the altar right now he is going to heal and you are going to encounter Abba for the first time Jesus has 
just one moment to just address Father God, and he calls him Papa, Daddy God. And if that term offends you, then I'm sorry the religious spirit has lied to you. But he is your Papa. He is your Dad. He is your Father, and he wants to know you as son and daughter. So come down right now.
I want to encourage you, don't be a spectator right now. The Holy Spirit is brooding in this room. There is a refreshing of the Spirit of God flowing through the room, even right now. A refreshing in the love of God, a refreshing in the peace of God. Some of you in this last season, your peace has been radically disrupted. He wants to restore peace to you, even right now. Some of you, you're having uh, sleep issues. Your, your sleep is down to three hours a night. Right now, I believe the Lord wants to lift that off of you. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand wherever you're at. Just Your sleep has been diminished in this last season. There's somebody around you with their hand raised. I just want you to put a hand on them. We're going to lift that off of them right now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace, he says he gives his beloved sweet sleep. He restores your soul for his name's sake. He makes you lie down in green pastures. He restores your soul. So I lift off that anxiety that would steal sleep in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And even night terrors in this last season where your, your dreams have been invaded. Ho! If that's you, just raise your hand right now. All over the room. You see somebody with their hand raised, just put a hand on them right now. Let's just engage with Holy Spirit. Let's not be spectators in this moment. Let's allow the Lord to minister even through us. I come against night terrors in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. The blood speaks a better word. The blood speaks a better word. I say the curse shall not come without a cause. I reverse every curse of witchcraft in the name of Jesus Christ. I cancel it now, now, now. Now, now, now. Yes. Sing that, sing that.
and we just take a moment right here and just begin to intercede that this, this reality would break out in our region. It's good to sing a song, but I want it to go out. So Father, in Jesus' name, we ask God that you would pour this out in our region, God, that we would break through the barriers and the comfortability, God, and that you would pour out your presence, that we would be known as the people who would go further, deeper, higher, that we would be known for waiting. But we're asking you, Holy Spirit, to give us the grace and the capacity to ascend. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Those with clean hands and pure hearts, God. We're asking Holy Spirit to give us the grace all across the room, God. We're asking you that Tampa Bay would be marked by this one thing. Come on, just for a few minutes, we've got to move beyond the song. Holy Spirit, we're asking that you would crash into our region in power. that you would rend the heavens and that you would come down that the answer to every problem every issue every tragedy in our region would be a tearing through the heavens and a coming down that Jesus would make himself known to the ends of our region that he would crash in with this reality that we would see Habakkuk 2:14, a filling of the knowledge of the glory of God to cover our region in Jesus name so let's just take a few moments if you want to pray in the spirit let's just exercise our faith let's just believe that at this moment matters i just feel the earnest desire i see jesus on the throne and i see him grabbing at the arms of his throne with a longing to reveal himself in a greater measure so father in the name of jesus we thank you for the earnest seal that is in your son in this very moment we thank you that your word says he is the desire of the nations and I thank you that he desires our region. So right now, in Jesus' name, we pray, oh, that you would rend the heavens, that you would come down. Lord, 
Father, we believe you for all these things. It's more than words and screaming and loud melodies. We thank you that you're the God who hears us. Thank you, Father, that every word you've spoken over our region is true and it's alive. We ask you for grace to partner with you in your voice in your word, in your ways. Give us the capacity to wait, to hear your voice and release it back to you. Thank you, Father, for all you've done tonight. And we come tomorrow with expectation for more. In Jesus' name, amen. And then, man, hey, listen.